Hi, and welcome to the MotherFit Podcast. I'm your host, Phoebe Lopez, and bringing all things mothering and fitness together. And no matter where you are in your life and journey, just remember you are absolutely fit for your role. Today, I want to give you a little bit of background on me. So when you see my post and my podcast in regards to fitness, you can kind of see my journey and understand that I am, have been gearing towards wherever you are as my listener, maybe in your own fitness journey. And fitness has always played a role in my life. And while I was younger, growing up, I just played all day. I didn't know that by running around playing tag for four hours was quote unquote fitness. I didn't understand that the things that I did as far as playing basketball and football with my friends and things like that, I didn't realize those were tools that would later in life lead me to having a fitness journey. I just knew I was an active kid and always busy. When I got into high school, I was a cheerleader. I ran track. I was doing all sorts of activities that constantly kept me busy. And I just knew what I liked to do. And that was, I liked to run. I was never a great runner. I wasn't, you know, competing in singles events at all state for track or anything like that. But I knew I loved gymnastics and I loved cheerleading and I loved running. And I learned later in college that running was a good release. It's way less frowned upon to go run around your neighborhood or on a trail, you know, other than screaming at your professor because they're dumb or punching people in the throat. Hashtags fact. Those are not acceptable ways to get your aggression out. However, taking it out on the pavement, a little bit, a little bit better. And being out in the fresh environment allows you sunshine and energy. And, you know, like Elle Wood said, endorphins make you happy. Just saying. So I was an on and off runner from my freshman year in college, probably until I was 24. And I remember one of the last few times that I went out to run, I could have been, I was starting to gain a little bit more weight. I've always been relatively small. Um, and my knees were hurting like painful. And I was like, this is a new feeling. I was used to getting shin splints or kind of sore Achilles, things like that, but never really my knees come to find out I was running wrong and it finally caught up to me but then also I was working to run a half marathon in the Santa Rosa area and it's called the honey badger half marathon and I ended up twisting my ankle brutally honestly should have broke it I don't understand how I didn't break it but that was kind of my last straw with running outside and I was a little devastated, but now I also make a joke about it that if you see me running, you should probably run because that means something is chasing us and we're in trouble. However, I started dabbling in weightlifting during this time and I was not consistent. I will never say at that time from 
shoot, probably from high school until this time, I really wasn't consistent with weightlifting. I knew I could do certain movements and that would help build muscle and muscle memory and things like that. But I never really understood the mechanics of actually working out and weight training. I also did not understand that lifting heavy could make you lean. I didn't understand that the heavier the weight, the lower the reps, the bigger you're building your muscles or the lower the weight, the more reps you do. It's more of a cardio aspect. And I just didn't understand all these things. So I started getting into it, started researching more, started following everybody on Instagram as far as like, oh, I want to look like her and him and I want to do this and I want to do that. And then one of my sorority sisters, who's a close friend of mine, competed. She lost a ton of weight and it kind of came out of nowhere for me because I remember when I started working out, she was like, I wouldn't say putting me down because that wasn't it, but she definitely questioned my motives and the bottom line was I was insecure and I've always been a little insecure about my figure I've always been a soft skinny and I never understood why a diet we'll get into that later I love pizza always pizza always burritos always tacos these are things that stick in places you don't want them to stick anyways and I really remember her kind of saying it in a way that I took offense and that just made me want to work out harder, but I also wasn't getting lean. Again, diet, I didn't know how to eat properly, so I was just getting like bigger because I was working out, but I also was eating more and not realizing that balance. And one day, same friend said to me, I'm going to go compete. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm going to go be a bikini competitor. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Then she did it. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. And at that time, when she started competing, I started following a little bit more as far as nutrition and better workouts and how, you know, hit cardio and fasting and all these things kind of played a factor. And so I looked at her and said, I want to compete. And so I did. And, you know, God bless my coach because there were times where I wanted to give up and every competitor does. It's just kind of whether it be your first competition or your 17th competition, you kind of go through these motions where it's like, I don't even want to do this. And I was in a weird place in my life because I got a really good opportunity to work. And I was like, I can't give up this opportunity because I need to go work out at four in the morning. It doesn't make sense. So coach and I kind of worked it out and he was like, you should, you should continue on. So I did. He saw me. He was like, you know, honestly, you look better in person. Go up on stage. You flew all the way out here. Do it. And I did. And I ended up having a great time. The problem was, is I didn't properly reverse diet. I didn't understand why you're supposed to stick with your coach after the competition. And I ended up blowing up to the heaviest that I had ever been in my entire life. I was close to 150 pounds which for me was wild, started changing things again, started changing my diet, started working out again, started being consistent. And I dropped down to 130 when I met my husband and I wanted to compete again that year. However, we had a life plan change and we ended up in Dallas, Texas. And I ended up 
getting pregnant. So that kind of shot competing in October out the door because that's when our little bundle of joy would have been due. His birthday's December 9th. So yeah, competing probably wasn't ever on the cards. And I also had a very unhealthy pregnancy. I couldn't eat the things that I normally would have ate around nine weeks. Nine weeks to 16 weeks, I really struggled with what I could and could not eat at one point. Like I was, if it was cereal or peanut butter and jellies, that's what I ate because I didn't know what else to eat. The smell of meat grossed me out. All of a sudden I could taste spinach. It had a very distinct taste and it was almost like an acidy alkaline, which I know doesn't even make sense, but it just tasted weird. And so my healthy smoothies couldn't have, couldn't smell yogurt, couldn't smell meat, like would go by barbecue places down here in Dallas. And I'm just like, gross. And after it was all said and done, the day that I checked in to the hospital to give birth, I was 210 pounds. Now, mind you, I was 130 normally. When I got pregnant, I was roughly 140-ish. I gained 70 pounds. Whoa. Talk about a blow to your ego and also to your mental stability. Because the body dysphoria was so real after seeing how I could look and how I got on stage and everything like that to now all of a sudden, I feel like a cow. And there are ways that you can do a healthy pregnancy and being active. And there are women out there, and I envy you because I wanted so much to be that, but I got in my own head. Some of you out there tend to get into your own head as far as your fitness journey or your diet. Emotional eaters, I'd rather sleep all day, whatever, whatever it is, it is what it is. For me, when I was pregnant, I turned, once I could eat, after, I would say about after 17, 18 weeks, I was feeling pretty solid about what I could eat. I just started exploring what I could eat and what I liked, and then I ate it all. Whatever was convenient, whatever was close, that's what I ate, and that contributed to some of my weight, even though I was roughly 160 till about six months in, and then I just felt I started bloating. I started just carrying weight. Like I could not drink enough water. It was wild. And so now I'm postpartum. Now at the time of recording this, I am nine months postpartum. If you see me on Instagram, which I hope you guys are following, I am sitting at around 150. Not quite where I want to be, but not too far off either. Um, With having a baby, life changes, and my diet is a little bit more catered to him, who for a while I was breastfeeding. I breastfed for six months, pretty much, and then we started really supplementing for the last month and a half after that, and then I finally gave up because um, I just stopped producing and 
I wanted to gain some of my life back because when you're breastfeeding, it's a very, very time-consuming journey that people forget to warn you about or you don't know until you're like in it and you're like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? And yeah, and some women when they breastfeed, they lose that weight real quick. And I actually didn't. I was about 160 up until recently. I want to say probably until, right up until I stopped breastfeeding, I was 160. And then once I stopped breastfeeding, I dropped another five pounds and slowly and surely the weight is coming off. And so now I'm in a better headspace where I know my son's needs are being met. And I now can really focus on what I can eat and what my body will accept. And a lot of things that we forget as breastfeeding moms, what you put in, you give to baby. So while I was trying to eat healthy while I was breastfeeding, I was just so exhausted breastfeeding (laughs) Um, because it's every two hours and everything like that. So now I'm in a different headspace and now I can get back and focus on getting fit and healthy for this new period in my life. And one of the cool things that I'm doing as far as workouts and things like that is I am doing at-home workouts with a company that I'm involved with. And I like that because right now with the pandemic, the gyms near me, you have to get your temperature check and wear a mask. And honestly, I am a heavy breather when I work out. It's uncomfortable and I don't want to be uncomfortable when I'm already working out so and I'm putting myself in an uncomfortable situation because I'm not confident in how I look or what I'm doing so I'm doing at-home workouts I do have some light weights and I'm incorporating cardio and some body weight workouts and light dumbbells and things like that and this is just a different season of my fitness journey My goal is to get down to my quote-unquote pre-pregnancy size or quote-unquote normal size by his first birthday, which is, again, 10-9. And I don't know why I keep repeating that, but it's important for me to put a goal to it. And that's my advice for you. Wherever you are in your fitness journey or what you're doing, put a goal to it. Put a number. Put a date. For me, I have a specific number and a specific date. If I don't get there, that's fine because it's the goal, you know, and it's a matter of not changing the goal, but changing the plan to get to the goal as with a lot of things that you'll hear me say throughout this podcast. And I also am very, very interested in nutrition. I started getting interested in how nutrition plays a factor when I watched my girlfriend compete. Looking at her diet, it was wild to me. I'm like, this is not healthy. This doesn't make sense. Like, you can't survive off of it. Once you go through a competition and you see how women cut and how competitors train and eat all day, it's like, oh, it makes sense because of how they're fueling their bodies. What we put in is what we put out. You put good stuff in, you get good stuff out. That's just how it rolls. And when you're looking on your physical journey, how you're changing. 
there's not one single thing that is going to change your life in a month. There's not. Absolutely not. And while they say it takes 21 days to build a habit, absolutely. But what keeps that habit going is discipline. Showing up every day and making the small changes. With nutrition, you don't have to eat green all the time and high protein or low carbs or all this. You can have a piece of pizza once in a while. Life's too short. But if you are going for a competition, probably not a great idea to eat pizza in the middle of a cut. A cut is when you cut out hard carbs and you, you have your body process things differently so that your body starts using its own fat to produce fuel for you to do your workouts and also to function. That's why you'll see some competitors go through what's called a carb fog or when people go on ketosis or they're doing intermittent fasting and they have that low carb and they just kind of can't figure out what they're talking to you about because they're so depleted all they can focus on is I just I just want a piece of toast and it's a real thing because your body is trying to organize itself and figure out what is happening and what are you doing and that's where cravings come into play When you take things away, your body's going to be like, but I want 17,000 of it because now I can't have it and now I'm going to hold on to it. So it's a matter of training your body to understand really what is going on and mentally connecting why you're doing the things you're doing when it comes to your nutrition. Why are you eating that salad or why are you eating seven burgers? What is the underlying cause? For me, I just like to eat things. In my family, that's how we celebrate things. We go out to dinner. We go out for dessert. You know, we want sushi. We're getting all the sushi. And we can't just get three rolls. We have to get 12. Because we want to try and we want to share. And in our family, my family, food is such an important part of our life. Now, fun fact, my mom doesn't like to cook, hates to cook, thinks it's punishment. That's who she is. I laugh with her now because I don't understand how we survived. And she always chops it up to thank God for cereal. And I mean, maybe. (laughs) But now, looking at my own child, I think, okay, it's not that hard to take my leftover broccoli boil it down and blend it and feed it to him. Also, he's at the stage where he can kind of chew. So we just make sure it's soft enough and we let him try food and we go that route with him. And in a roundabout way, me having a better understanding of nutrition and vegetables and fruits and how they all play into your diet and what I want to achieve is inadvertently forcing my son not to be a picky eater which I'm really excited about and then who knows in five years he might be one of those textural eaters and then hates random things because of how it feels in his mouth and that's going to make me really sad anyways one of the books that I like to talk about when it comes to nutrition is French women don't get fat I read this in my early 20s in college, and this book really dove into you eat for enjoyment, but you do it in moderation. And 
that is something I know I struggle with. And really focusing back and reeling things in after having baby now, I want to get back to that place where I can enjoy food, enjoy my family's company, enjoy celebrating things without having to feel that I need to eat a whole rack of ribs in one sitting. That is a very good book for some of you younger women, even older women, I should say, when you're looking at why you emotionally eat. Because again, it does play a factor into what you're doing in your life. And I also would recommend The Whole Foods Diet. This is a book written by the CEO of Whole Foods and how they really take into a mild vegan diet. I say mild because it is predominantly vegan based, but you incorporate meat because some of us love our steak. I do. I love steak. I'll eat steak all day. Preferably not a ribeye. I just don't understand the fat and I don't like to work that hard for my food. I don't like gristle. That's my big thing. So I like my top sirloins or filet mignons if I'm going to be fancy. And um, some people feel that if you eat only what flies or swims, it's a leaner meat and it's better for your body. I like it all. So probably I've had a lot of coaches who prefer leaner fish and things that fly I eat chicken even though it doesn't really fly or turkey is a big thing in competitors diet and those are lean meats things that are leaner are going to be better for you and produce a different result and I suggest stepping out of your comfort zone and trying it for a little while you know, it's interesting when you really look at those two books and connect it with where you are in your fitness journey. So you can't outwork a bad diet. It's like, if you eat like shit, you're going to produce crappy results. That's just how it is. And it's a very blunt way of saying it. And I feel that for me, When I eat like garbage, I feel like garbage. If you are sitting at home and you're listening to this and you're like, dang, that makes sense, try it out. Swap some meals. You don't have to change your whole lifestyle and that's what I think puts people off with diets because it's not a lifestyle change. If your lifestyle right now is to go and get something from McDonald's and that's your happy place, bring it back a little bit. Maybe not get two double cheeseburgers, maybe get one. Small changes yield big results. That is something that I learned with weight training. Even with running, it's one step in front of the other. It's literally starting that journey. It's never going to be a flat line. It's never gonna, you start from the bottom, you're gonna go all the way from the top. I've started at the bottom, I've gone to the top, and then I fell to the bottom. I've gone halfway, I fell to the bottom, I've gone back all the way up to the top. It's just part of the road you see these Instagram posts of success with business or life or anything like that and it's never a straight line it's a random squiggle trail thing and 
Sometimes that's how our fitness and nutrition journey is. But if we can make small changes today, it will give you the results that you're looking for. Now, wherever you are in your journey, whether it be, I want to stop eating so much red meat, or I want to be able to deadlift my weight again, baby steps. Start doing the Romanian deadlifts. Start doing straight leg deadlifts. Start adding salads. Start adding carrots and cucumbers with a little bit of ranch. Not a lot, not the whole jar. Like, like seriously, like measure out three tablespoons of it and then pour a cup of cucumbers and a cup of carrots and see how that goes. Small changes yield big results. And I feel that this is a good chance This is, well, not good chance. This is a good time with everything being a little wild that you can kind of hone in on the things you can control. You can control what kind of workouts you do. Pinterest has a plethora of them. You can go on Instagram, find almost any kind of coach. If you are interested in a program, hit me up on the DM because I can hook you up with something. I have been in and out of the fitness industry for several years now. I can help you out. And... It's all about small changes. It really is. And you don't need to be discouraged or think that, oh, it has to be super hard because it doesn't. My goal in sharing my fitness and nutrition journey is to let you know that with time and knowledge, you'll get to where you're going. Education is key to anything that you want to do. And when you... Look at different topics ranging from nutrition and fitness and kind of finding where you want to be. That's when you're going to find results. And I am hope that this podcast today has kind of given you a little bit of background about me and why you should follow me and kind of take me seriously because there's things that I have done that... I know you're struggling with the same issues and I have been there and I can't wait to hear back from you. Please let me know in on Instagram or Facebook on how you like this podcast and do me a solid follow, like, share this podcast so that we can help other women get to where they want to be and let them know they are not alone on their journey no matter where they are. Thanks and I'll see you next time guys. 